welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show today's our guest is alex kogan from ashland capital welcome alex hey rama great to be here with you today Yeah, a little bit about Alex. Alex has been involved in real estate construction and development for the last 20 years. Alex owns over 1700 apartment units as an LP, co-GP and KP and self-manages his portfolio of single family rentals as well as a small portfolio of commercial properties. In addition, Alex invests and owns a substantial portfolio of mortgage notes. Alex has broad-based experience and knowledge of multiple real estate asset classes and is focused full-time on growing his private equity. real estate firm uh, with that alex would you like to add anything to your background yeah i mean you know high level i've been uh, actually now going on 23 years in real estate construction and development started out as a uh, single family development we moved into smaller multifamily and uh, in the last few years we've been focused on strictly 100 plus larger multifamily assets and uh, yeah that's what we're doing today and a little bit of student housing focus but mostly market rate multifamily cool and thanks for giving high level overview and how did you get into real estate and construction and development Well, I tried to avoid it. I tried not to get into it because what my family did, I was the black sheep. I wanted to do something different and uh, not follow in my family's footsteps. After um, some time trying to save the world and become a school teacher and, and do some things, I realized I was just running away from, you know, what I really really enjoyed and grew up with. So, you know, my dad was a, a builder developer, my brother is a builder developer, and uh I decided after um just into teaching high school that I would go back and uh and do it. So I moved out to Southwest Colorado. I'm from Chicago and I started a construction company and then shortly thereafter, you know, a sister company that did development and over 20 21 years of owning that company, you know, we grew it to good substantial size. We were, you know, the the largest in Southwest Colorado for single family high-end custom homes and development and um uh, along the way I pivoted into multifamily and you know, that's really how the, the process and the evolution uh, happened for me over you know 23 years now cool and thanks for sharing that and also you have experience in investing substantial portfolio of mortgage notes so would you share more about that and how that works Yeah, you know, it it's a little niche. It is a small portion of my portfolio and focus, but it is an interesting element that we've done over the last few years. We buy specifically non-performing second lien mortgages, you know, backed by single family homes, and we work them out with the borrowers typically and uh get the loans reperforming and then we hold that that paper for long-term cash flow or we end up reselling it on the secondary market as reperforming loans. Um so I've got a a couple of uh, guys that work for me. Uh, virtually in out of California and they kind of manage the day-to-day book of that business and um you know there's not hasn't been enough deal flow and the deal flow that there is is very expensive in today's market and and that business so it's less of a focus today than I than I'd say it was a year or year and a half two years ago you know really I spend 90% of my time 95% of my time focused on our multifamily business and that portfolio cool and thank you and what is the reason switching towards multifamily apartment syndications 
Well, number one, I think it, you know, for my level of risk, it's one of the most uh, risk adjusted, you know, return profiles. You know, I like multifamily. I think that I think data obviously points to continued growth in the market, continued need for housing. And as long as, you know, we can pick our markets right and pick our assets right, I think it's, um, you know, a very safe place to be in terms of investment. You know, I love the the tax efficiencies of it and, and we like the scalability of it, you know, as opposed to the, the no business. I mean, you, you could spend a a lot of time hunting for you know a million dollar opportunity where the same amount of effort in multifamily business you know I can find a twenty million dollar opportunity you know in a, in a fraction of the time and to be able to scale that business so you know for all those reasons get, I like it a lot you know it's tangible I can touch it and feel it it's not obscure and um, you know we love creating a great place for uh, for people to live creating great communities and and helping our investors build wealth that's tax efficient so for all those reasons it's uh, something that, you know, over the years we've evolved into and then at this point, you know, really scaling the business and really excited about the opportunities. Yeah, and those are so great points. And you have experience as LP, CoGP and KP. So would you share more about your experiences? Yeah, sure. I, you know, I don't think my story is, is much different than, than many that get started. You know, I started long ago as an LP, you know, just investing in, in apartment deals. And, you know, I enjoyed that experience. And then, you know, fortunately, I was in a good place in terms of my net worth and liquidity. And then uh, before long, guys started coming to me that, to have me, you know, lend my 20 years experience plus my balance sheet to help them secure larger loans for deals that they were doing. So I, would, I became, you know, kind of a KP loan guarantor and consultant, uh, especially lended advice on uh, and consultation on the construction, the CapEx portion, given I owned a, you know, a larger construction company for over 20 years. So that evolution just really just laid itself out from becoming an L2, a KP slash, you know, GP, you know, all, the, all these terms get a little bit uh, sort of morphed. And, um, you know, and then I, I partnered with guys, helping them again with, with the loan portion, as well as bringing some of my uh, investors to the table and, uh, you know, co-investing in the deal with myself and some of my friends, family and investors. And then uh, ultimately, you know, in the last couple of years, three years, you know, we've really evolved into doing our own deals as well as partnering with with other friends that we have in the industry as uh, as co GPs as well. So we, we do both, you know, as well as again just on, on occasion just serve in a uh, in a minority role for someone who needs our help with the loan guarantee portion and, and consultation. But we're very active in you know the lead sponsor, lead general partner role right now, and um, really enjoying scaling the business and growing a great team. Awesome. Awesome. And so what do you look before participate as a co-GP or KP? Sure. Well, as I've done with everything in my professional career, I look at the person first. Uh, it doesn't matter how good the deal, how good the market, how good the opportunity is, you're uncomfortable with the person. So I don't have, you know, an exact matrix of, you know, the boxes that I'm checking. A lot of it is, you know, just a good gut feel. I've, uh, you know, I, I have strengths, I have weaknesses. But I, I would say one of my strengths is reading people and uh, being able to assess their commitment, their, their character and integrity. And so that's the first thing I look at. And if I can get comfortable there, you know, they don't, obviously, if they had a ton of experience and track record and, and had the net worth and liquidity, they, they wouldn't need me. So obviously, I will assess and work with guys that are newer in the business, but I look for some success in other areas. You know, did you run a business? Have you been successful in some corporate career? Are those skills applicable to owning and managing uh, an apartment asset? You know, so I, I get to know people from that respect. If I get comfortable there, then of course, it's going to be on the deal. And 
what type of deal. Is it a risky deal? Is it a risk capital structure and loan? And all, all those things, since I'm signing on and taking on risk, I want to make sure that I'm comfortable with that risk. When you put all those pieces together, if everything feels right, you know, we move forward. And uh, so far, knock on wood, we've, we've had great success and have helped guys getting into the business to scale their business and, um, and have had good partnerships. Cool. And thanks for sharing that. And would you share any of challenges or you have experienced so far in your real estate journey and how did you overcome them? You know, I think, you know, real estate is not that complicated of a business. I think the complicating piece is people involved. So, you know, I'd say by far the, the most challenges you see in this business are with people. I mean, if I had to point to a pain point and frustrating part of the business is probably being on the buyer side and dealing with difficult sellers. I mean, I can remember one of our deals, we just had a, a horrendous seller and, uh, you know, it was really a game of, you know, <laughs> How much money and, and how much pain can you extract from the buying party? And unfortunately, we were on the buying side and, um, you know, it was very frustrating. I mean, it was, you know, just a, a couple of details. You know, the seller would drag their feet to provide all the financials, all the updated rent rolls. The lender wants to see it, needs to see it to move the loan forward. And they're dragging their feet and then they would provide it last minute. And that would cause a delay with lending. And in uh, the contract, you know, they wouldn't extend knowing that we were only days away from getting an approval and would basically hold you over a barrel and um, say, you know, it's going to cost you $50,000, $100,000, or else we're going to terminate the contract. And they know you've got time and money invested and um, it's difficult to, to turn back. So they kind of find that sweet spot, so to speak. What's the amount of money we can um, extract from the seller that's enough, that's meaningful for them, but not, you know, not fatal to the deal that we won't walk away. And that's probably the worst experience. And uh, that's rare, but it's out there. And uh, that part you hate. On the other hand, you get some sellers that, you know, they're the same kind of person you are and you're just finding yourselves on different sides of the table. And when you find somebody reasonable, it, it's really nice to do business with someone and you're both looking to maximize your return. Nobody leaves the negotiation table happy, but you, but you feel like it's fair. I mean, that's that's the best you can ask for. So that's, you know, a, a bit of the, the bad, I should say. And, you know, the good is, um, you know, when you when you really find great partners, whether literally you're, you're partnering with a, with a co-GP to buy an asset or you're partnering with a property management firm and your integrity, your work ethic, your vision are all aligned and it's it's a well-oiled machine. And I, uh, I think when you have those experiences, it just feels great. Everybody's uh, rowing the ship in the same direction and there's no friction. You know, I think I could point to an event just the other day where we're on the phone with our property manager for one of our assets and, um, you know, we had it in our heads. I mean, not in our heads. The data pointed to we can raise rent for washers and dryers in the unit. But, you know, what you think you might do versus what happens once you close on the asset and start stabilizing uh, are two different things. And um, we really uh, had a great experience where a, a regional managers on the call with us. And she said, you know, you guys are getting higher than expected rent. We're doing less renovations than we thought we needed to, to get those rents. And, and we're not getting a lot of pushback from the potential renters that they need in unit washers and dryers. And, um, you know, so she just kind of, you know, I mean, it's a simple example, of course, but she helped us just stand back and take the blinders off of what we thought we had to do versus what we need to do and said, let's, let's not do that. Let's, you know, you know, we're, we're getting the income that we projected, but it's coming from different areas. It's coming from additional income. It's coming from higher than expected 
rents. It's coming from less CapEx that we needed. So anyways, long story short, we decided to pivot and we're going to keep the uh, the common laundry room, look for some added um, income from, you know, some automatic, you know, digital cards, getting more income from the existing laundry room rather than going in wall or in unit. And because there's some renters that say, I don't want to give up closet space. I'm okay going down to the laundry room. I'd rather have more closets. So anyways, a simple example, but it points to what a good partner relationship looks like when a property manager has your best interest in mind and uh, are willing to raise their hand, think out of the box and, and shift and pivot on a business plan when need be. Cool. And thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And so would you share any of your best multifamily investing experience so far? Best multifamily, you know, they're really all in the same vein, so to speak. You know, that experience I described, I mean, those feel great. I would say, you know, I love helping people, you know, so we've had, you know, tremendous experiences with our investors that that come back to us and say, you know, we love investing with you guys. We love the way you communicate. We love that we're making money. We love the transparency. So that feels great. You know, we we don't feel like they're just investors. We feel like they're partners and friends and, and that that's a very, you know, satisfying experience in multifamily. And then on, um, you know, on just the same sort of dynamic when we're building a company and I can see that, you know, that my underwriter is excited and he's growing and he's seeing that, you know, we're we're scaling the business and he sees more opportunity for him and his family. I mean, those are exciting moments when we are help a younger real estate investor get into business and we help them, whether it be from the loan guarantee or advice or, or being on a best and final call with a real estate agent and lending our credibility and track record and seeing somebody win, get a deal and move forward and, and have it be successful. That's very gratifying. So those are the wins. That's why we do it. You know, all those just have a very uh, gratifying experience for me. Awesome. Awesome. So, and what is your current focus and share something you're excited about now, Alex? Well, we, um, we're really excited about our deal flow. We feel like we've put in enough time to relationships or getting really good looks on off-market deals from brokers. We're also getting really good look direct to seller. We've got guys on the team now that are spending a lot of time uh, going to market, talking to sellers direct on the phone. You know, we're excited about the growth. We've added a new CFO to the team. We've added an acquisitions guy slash underwriter. We just moved into a new office. Office. So we have a lot of momentum and, um, you know, a lot of our investors keep referring their friends and family. So our investor list keeps growing organically. All those things are just great data points to indicate success and we're doing the right thing. And it, it's fun. You know, I, I had a lot of success and growth over 20 years and, and then I sold that company and, you know, it, it feels like I'm starting over, but it's great because you're, you're building another company. So it reminds me of, of when I started uh, 20 years ago. It's this is basically my another round and I uh, look forward to another, you know, 10, 20 years of, of uh, being in multifamily and growing another successful company. Awesome. Awesome. And congratulations and good luck. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sure. And any one advice that have impact on you? You know, I would say, you know, a newer investor wanting to get into this business, I think at some point you just have to jump in. I think a lot of guys and uh, you have to analyze and you have to assess your risk. But I think there's too many guys who think that they have to hit a home run on their first deal. And, um, you know, I think if you look at it as uh, you're going to make, you know, modest returns, but you're going to learn a lot and you're going to basically have a free education, that's invaluable. You have to at some point jump in. If you are taking on investors, you know, that you 
have to make sure that you're going to make money and you're going to protect uh, their investment. So that that can't be um, you can't underestimate you know the scrutiny of the deal as it relates to you know, raising money and bringing in investors. But it's your own money and you want to start with a small deal. You have to just jump in and learn the business. Uh, there's just no substitute for for doing. You can go to a, a boot camp, you can read books, you can listen to webinars, but nothing replaces doing. Yep, so true. Would you share any one book that impacted your life and what way? You know, there's there's been no one book that uh, I would say is is stands out. There's a lot of books that that I've read in a in a variety of contexts, and I think you can learn something from every every type of book, whether it's real estate specific or mindset, etc. I will say there's a concept I think that's applicable to any business, and it was a book that was written by Dan Sullivan, and I did a coaching group called Ten X Strategic Coach in Toronto, Canada last year, pre-pandemic for a year. And it was called Who Not How. The basic premise, of course, is you have to get the right team members. And if you want to achieve whatever it is, if you want to buy apartments and you want to grow a portfolio, you have to figure out who. Who are the key players, not how. And once you have the who, the how will be easy. So I think you know that's key. I can't do everything, but I, I can tell you that I'm going to build a team around me that collectively we can do anything. Yeah, cool. So how are you giving back to community? How am I giving back to the community? You know, uh, that's an area that I could do a lot more. And um, uh, my life is super busy right now. I have a six-year-old. We're building a lake house. I'm building a business. It's an area that I'm going to focus and do more. But, you know, I do consult and sort of mentor young guys that are getting into this business. I spend much more time with them on the phone than, than I'll ever, you know, see in any kind of monetary payback, but it's something that, that I like doing. It feels good, you know, for a short period, as I mentioned, I was a teacher. So there is that element of teaching and coaching and mentoring that uh, I like to do. It's something I can do to give back and I, I get a lot of gratification out of it. Awesome. And how can listeners can connect with you, Alex? So it's ashlandcapitalfund.com. As it sounds, ashlandcapitalfund.com. And uh, if anybody is interested in discussing real estate, needs help, wants to invest, you know, all those things, we're happy to make relationships. Awesome. And thank you, Alex. I really enjoyed the conversation. Likewise, Rama. Be well and uh, look forward to seeing you sometime in person. Sure. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.